Turn your Bibles, and there's not going to be a lot of these scriptures that I'm going to go through this morning on the screen, um, because there's just a lot of scriptures that I'm going to give you. And if you want to write notes, you can, and you can go look at these this week. This will be some good stuff to study, because here's the thing. I worry about this. This is, again, I just said worry, but it's a holy worry. It's a holy fear of God that he's got this calling on my life, that he's chosen me. And one of my holy worries is that I would lead people astray. And God said, Scott, that's no, you don't need to worry about that. All you need to do is encourage people to go to my word and they will be able to test and approve of what you were saying. Do not take it just because I say it. You go to the word of God. If you don't have a translation that you like, I promise you, go, go find a translation of the Bible that you love to read and just read it. Because, listen, I am human. I try to obey God. But I do not need you taking my word for it. So all these scriptures that I'm going to read to you today, just jot them down and you can go read them for yourself. But God confirmed over me just this morning again my name. An intercessor that was praying back with us before this service, he took me, took our whole group to John 15, 16. And listen to this word. It says, Jesus is saying this. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That's confirmation in my life that I, not only is my name chosen, but here, I got excited this morning because I am hearing God speak. God told me I could be excited over the fact that I am hearing him speak. So I just want to say that if you're in this place this morning and, 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 and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you know it and you, just, you know it. Like you're the one who knows it. Your wife, your husband, your best friend, your pastor. He may not know it. But if you're in this place and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, can I just tell you something? He has chosen you. You're chosen. He wants a relationship with you. And how that comes about could be in a hundred thousand different ways. And it may be that you come up to one of us after church and we're praying and you receive Jesus this morning. It may be somebody at your work talks to you and that is the day that you receive Jesus. But I just need you to know that if you're sitting there and you just know in your heart, you're like, in your mind, you're like, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Can I just tell you that you're chosen? And just give up and surrender to that fact. You're chosen. Listen, it may not be today. But his chosenness, I don't even think that's a word, is not wearing off of your life. Because you're chosen. You did not choose me. Jesus says, but I chose you. That feels really good, doesn't it? I told you that I sometimes read out a different translation and 
And I'm going to read you a passage of scripture. Because today the teaching, some of the questions are going to come from this, this, this title. I'm going to call this this morning, God-given provision. God-given provision. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Peter says this, Everything that we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. I need you to hang on some of these words here and I'm just going to highlight them as I read. Everything we could ever need for this life and complete devotion to God has already. Some of you guys are so bound in worry for no reason. Some of you guys are bound in worry and you have no reason to be bound in worry. Because God's word tells us that everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name. Beautiful. World traveler, conqueror, yielder of weapon, courageous, chosen. He's already called us by name. And invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you, past tense, he has given you magnificent promises. He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desire, the corrupt desires that are of the world. I don't know if I read that in a way that that really hit you. But I hope you hang on those words. And now I go into my, I read out of the NIV. I want to flip real quick to Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. My prayer is that you hear this from Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, listen to what Jesus says. 
And you have to read backwards into the chapter to see who he's talking about. But he is talking about people who are religiously, routinely trying to gain favor from God by performing really well. The people that he is saying, do not be like them, are the people who think that their pretty words or their outward appearance is gaining recognition and more love and favor from God. Jesus says to his people, don't be like them. And he says right here in the eighth verse, he says, do not be like them. Listen, for your father God knows what you need before you even ask him. I'll be honest, man, we've skimmed through this stuff so fast in a 30 or 40 minute sermon over the hundreds of years that sermons have been preached. And I don't want these words to be skimmed over. I need them to impact and just saturate your entire being. Every breath you take has to be out of this promise. You see, immediately what God has said right there has truly eradicated the need for worry. Why do you worry if God knows what you need before you even take the next breath or step? How many of us honestly could raise a hand and say, I'm in. I live out of this. I want to live out of this. I just saw a little child, I don't know, I'm going to just guess, four years old. She just raised her hand, and she's probably the only one in the room that does. Let the little children lead us, Jesus said. Let them come to me. Because as a little child, the only thing she's worried about is, hey, mom, dad, where do I get to go today? Mom, dad, I need $100. I mean, seriously. And most of the time, good dads give it. Guys, we can live from this promise today. I've just read you just two passages of Scripture in the New Testament. One inspired by the Holy Spirit, Peter wrote. The other one was God himself writing and saying this. Hey guys, I already know what you need before you even ask it. And I know what the enemy is saying. He's saying, well then, why do we even pray? I know my wife loves me wholeheartedly, but we still need to have talks and conversations because we have a relationship. I don't go to my dad because I need something. I go to my dad because he is my dad and he is my leader. He's my provider. Think of it. What else is he to you? He is got to be my everything. That's why I go to him. I don't go to him because I need something. I go to the store because I need something. And so this is like a class this morning and really and truly a time for us just to unpack some thoughts of how we've gone about this thing called life. And I know that I love to ride on a board. One of these days, we're going to get something really nice other than this just to use. But just for this morning's sake, that. A means alpha. God is the alpha, right? Meaning the beginning. When he said, let there be light, he was the alpha. He was the beginning. 
And then this is the timeline of time. And this over here is the Omega. He is also at the same time of being the beginning. He is the end. How in the world can Jesus tell his friends, his disciples, hey guys, put your name in the blank. Hey Scott, I know what you need before you even ask it. I'm sitting here, I don't know, it depends on how how quickly you want Jesus to come back. I mean, I could put my mark here. I'm just going to play it safe and put it in the middle. Now, my grandmother would put it right over here because she's saying Jesus is coming back. I've been hearing her say that since I was a little kid, and it used to scare me to death as a little kid. I don't care when he comes back. I just know he's coming back. And so I'm going to just put this, and I'm going to put this is today, and this is Scott. This is how God sees this world. Time is not for God. Time is just for us. God doesn't live by a calendar. He doesn't live by time. He's not restricted by it. This is all for us that we know it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. That's just for us. God is seeing all of this at the very same time. Here is how God is seeing my life. He is seeing my life from the very end of all of this. He's not seeing it from the future because future means that there's time that is coming. God created it all. God is coming at my life from the very end and he knows what I need before I even ask it today. I believe that God designed us to live out of this. God wants us to live out of this promise. This is a promise. Jesus promised his disciples that I know what you guys need before you even ask it. That's a promise. But a lot of times what has happened in my life and maybe some of yours is that instead of living out of the promise, I have chosen to live out of the problem. I focus on the problem instead of not only the promise, there's not just one promise for my life. There are many promises for my life. I have chosen to live out of the problem. And here's just a test, just for you to leave out of here and test, question, evaluate, talk with your spouse over lunch. Maybe you have small groups, talk about this. Here is a test of how you can know that you either live out of the promise or the problem. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I don't, maybe 13. Turn there and you just look real quick. Yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians 3. Look at what this says. And again, I'm not going to break this down. I want you to take this and allow God to speak through you of what this means for your life. 
I know what he has said for me, but I don't want to just say, hey, because it happened here and I said it, then this is the law for you. Listen to what God says to you about this passage of scripture. Second Corinthians chapter three is the 17th verse. It says, now the Lord is spirit. It says the Lord is spirit. And listen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Freedom. So the promise is that I can live every breath and step in true freedom. And can I just say that worry and freedom, fear and freedom do not coexist. And so here is where I am today. This is where you are today. I would just say Paul's writing inspired by God to say that God is spirit and where the spirit of God is, there is freedom. I've lived a lot of my Christian life aware of God, aware of Jesus, aware of the Holy Spirit. But I cannot tell you that my 43 years of life have been lived out of the promise that God knows every need before I ask it or actually living out of the promise that where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. And so if we aren't living in freedom, I'll let you and God dig through the rest. I will say this and we'll move to the next one. You can either live out of the promise many promises of God or you can continue to live out of the problem. Just a few examples of the way it looks throughout the scriptures. Because we know the promises of God and I I just just chose Moses and, and King David and I'm probably not going to have time to get all the way down here to Joseph's story this morning. But I just want this to just, some of these questions and these thoughts to come in here to our mind to see, hey, Scott, where are you focusing? Are you living out of all of the problems or are you actually living out of the promises of God? Moses You guys know Moses' life. If you've been in church, you know Moses' life. If you've not, you can read about his story early on in like the book of Exodus. It's a phenomenal story. I would say go watch the movie, but it's not that good. Go read the book about Moses' life. It's amazing. Moses had a promise on his life. And listen, when I read from the Bible these stories, I, I just just... 
I need you to know that these stories are written about other men and women so that you can see the glorious hope that is in store for your life. This is for us too. I think a lot of times there's this separate idea that this was the Bible and these were these guys and then here we are to trudge through 2018 and hope we make it. No, this is for us. Moses had a promise on his life. You all have promises all over your lives as well. I could say you can discover the promises of God if you simply, not out of just ritual or routine, read scriptures. Like, I listen, if you operate out of like a daily reading calendar to read the Bible, that is phenomenal. Read the word, but like, if that doesn't work for you, don't feel bad about yourself because that doesn't work for me. If, if, if reading a check little mark to read the scripture to get through it in a year doesn't work for you, here, try this approach. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, hey, God, I trust you so much. You'll lead me to what I need to read about you and your word today. And then just, I will just say this. You can just flip into it and wherever you land, start reading about God and who he is. Hey, God, lead me. And so this promise that is on Moses' life isn't just for Moses. There's promises on your life. There's promises on our children's lives over there. Hence the reason we've got to talk about and practice hearing the voice of the Father. How else is my dear friend going to know that she is beautiful? Because the world is telling her something contrary, but she hears the voice of the Father and she walks in beauty today. It's not about hearing my voice, it's about hearing the voice of God. Moses had this promise on his life. I'm not going to go into it, it's in Exodus, you can look this up. But he had a promise on his life. Moses, you're going to deliver my people out of bondage and slavery. That was the promise, the call on Moses' life. And so Moses shows us in this beautiful story how he went back and forth from operating out of the problem or the promise. I love this. I just wrote down the promise, I mean the problem, right under the promise in my notes. I just said the promise was that he's going to deliver his people, the Israelites, out of slavery. First problem. Moses says, God, how am I going to do that? That's a problem. And and can I just admit, I hear that my name's chosen. I hear that I have people literally the same day write me a prophetic word before I even heard that. And it talks about chosen. And then an intercessor this morning out of no leadership of my own, but him, he takes to a scripture and talks about that Jesus chose me. I know that, but I've said the very same thing that Moses said to God, because he's called to every single one of us to something great and much bigger than what you can even probably imagine. And I've said just like Moses, but I've been speaking out of the problem. And I don't have a clue how we're going to do this. God, I, I, I don't know how to do this. You know what God said to Moses? And if you read this story, you'll find it out. Moses had a stick. 
And God just said something just as simple. See, sometimes we're waiting on such a profound word, such a powerful, elegant. Like it's such an elegant word that we could put it into a song. That's what we're waiting for for God. We're waiting for some flash. God says, hey, Moses, what's that in your hand? Moses, what's in your hand? He says, a stick. God said, watch this, Moses, I promise you, you're going to lead my people out of slavery. Throw it on the ground, and it became a snake. Sometimes we're just waiting for some crazy lightning bolt, thunderous shake from God, and that's not him at all. Sometimes that can be the preacher trying to hype things up. Sometimes that could be the church trying to hype up an Easter event. And it's not God at all. Sometimes God just says to you, hey, what do you want to do today? Can God be that good? He's actually better. Moses says, well, I'll get you on this one, God. Here again, he lives out of the problem. He says, I'm going to get you on this one, God. God, I can't speak. I stutter. I struggle speaking. I stutter. God, what are you going to do about that? That's a huge problem for your promise to be fulfilled. I cannot even speak. And you're asking me to go to speak to the greatest world leader of our time, Pharaoh, and go up there and stutter my way through of um, God who you don't even believe in, Pharaoh, told me that I was going to take these millions of slaves that you have that are running your economy, like, I'm going to take them. I can't speak. It's a problem. Here's the provision. You ready? God gave him Aaron. Hey, Moses, Aaron is going to speak for you. He is eloquent. I made him that way. I put him in your life for this very moment. The provision, please, please go home and think of this. The provision of Aaron was thought about over here when God was saying, let there be light. The problem was already solved before the earth even took shape. Your problem has already been provided for before God said to Adam, go name the animals. Your problem has already been provided for. There is provision already for your problem. So instead of looking at life and everything that is in you right now through the lens of the problem, God, please, through the Holy Spirit right now, renew our minds to the fact that we can look at everyday life through the lens of the promise instead of the problem. God, because we can't do that on our own. It is on you. Holy Spirit, do whatever you need to do to give us lenses and eyes of the promise. God, we admit we can't do it. And so do whatever you need to do right now, please. Whatever you need to do in us, remove the problem lens and replace it with the promise. 
Moses, you know his story. If you don't read it, Moses tried, he tried to ruin the promise before he even knew the promise existed. He killed somebody. Moses killed somebody. And so please don't just say, well, this is what Pastor Scott said about that. Please go and spend some time alone with God or with your spouse and say, hey, what does this mean to you? God, will you help us understand what this means? Because this may be a little different than I've ever heard before. Moses killed somebody. And that did not even disqualify him from the promise. Moses killed somebody. That seems like a big problem. Holy Spirit, unpack this in us. The problem will never overshadow or overpower God's promises on your life. Let me just say that again. The problem will never overshadow or overpower the promise on your life. Let's live from that. I can't make that happen. I can't. You, I think, hey God... Whatever that is, whatever you do, do it. I'm going to take a drink of water. I'm going to say something. Like, I was praying just a few seconds ago, and I threw our band off. They thought I was closing this thing down. I'm just getting started, but y'all can play. Keep playing, brother. I love the keys. Here's provision in Moses' life. See, we could have looked at it from the problem lens. That Red Sea, that's a problem. Provision, it parted. Years of wandering in the desert, problem. Years of wandering in the desert, problem. No, God was providing maturing time for Moses and the Israelites that would be delivered into the promised land. Don't look at the desert. He's in the waiting. We sing it. We love it. We get all juiced up to sing. He's in the waiting. We love that song here. But when we have to go into real life and then maybe to a desert season of where we actually have to wait, we hate it because we look at the waiting as a problem. Instead of looking at it as a problem, how about we look at it from the lens of the promise and God is maturing me. God is strengthening me. He is preparing a place for me. He is preparing a group of people that we are going to move in power together with. That's what he was doing in the desert. 
God, we're hungry. We're starving out here. Looks like a problem. Mm -mm. The promise was, Moses, you're going to deliver these people into the promised land out of slavery. So I tell you what, I'm going to give you food every morning. Provision. Some of us in here, and again, we, we think that God is like going to be so stingy with his promises. No, these guys eventually said, man, we don't even like this manna. We don't even like this stuff anymore. Could we have some meat? There's a problem. Where is God going to get meat in this desert? Provision. He gives them quail to eat. I don't even have time here to go into David's life. But can I just say, unpack this. Because the provision, the way God is going to provide, may be way different than your preconceived notion. And if that's it, if it's different, that's okay. But you have a promise on your life. And the scripture says that Satan, our enemy, his native tongue is lies, right? Says he can only speak lies because that's the only language he knows. So if that is true, if that's true, then the very opposite of that is our father. Our God, our Father, can only speak truth. A promise is a truth. And so God is only speaking promises over you as we speak. He's always speaking your name. And He's always speaking promises. I know what you need before you even ask it. I feel like God's saying, let's just spend some time together. You can ride in your truck if you want. I'll do that. He just wants to spend some time. I'm unpacking this thought. Just me. I'm, I'm seriously trying to figure out, like, is God, is this how you and I are going to work? Because I feel like God has told me just this week, he said, Scott, every morning when your feet hit the ground, I'm asking you, hey, Scott, what do you want to do today? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's a promise. And I'm not going to unpack David's life. Go read David's life. David had a promise on his life, just like you. Go read through David's life of all of the provision 
that God gave him. A giant wasn't a problem because there was a promise on his life. You go study it, look at it. One of my favorite ones I've been studying on my own through some pretty powerful times over the last two weeks has been Joseph's life. You can read that. It's Genesis like 37 through 50. God had a promise on Joseph's life. He's got a promise on every single one of your lives. I think for many of us, we just need to be listening for them.